La 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 wait till I give my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I spent that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. To whom much is given, much is tested. Get arrested, guess until he get the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. Bought more jewelry, more Louis V. My mama couldn't get through to me. The drama, people suing me. I'm on TV talking Funny like Funny thing it's about this song. I know what it's called. Can you hear me? Break, break, break up. Hello? What a mess. What an absolute mess. So, you know, start your own podcast. They said it'd be easy. I said anybody could do it. This is, uh, yeah, been quite the thing. And just like this song, Can't Tell Me Nothing, which, uh, yeah, I'm going to brand this as the the unofficial official theme song. But um, you can absolutely tell me everything, like how to work this this MacBook that apparently had to, you know, I don't know. It's, it's unreal how bad this thing does not work. I just cracked it open on the bottom because I read some video, which is probably stupid. Probably shouldn't do that. But I cracked it open and it looked like 10 years worth of dust was underneath it, which it's around 10 years old. And uh, yeah, and so I recorded this uh, Saturday morning, wasn't it? It was Saturday morning. I recorded this Saturday morning. Uh, got really busy on Saturday. I tried to download it, but I just didn't have time. Then I was like, okay, Sunday morning, we're going to do this. Then I found out the computer was completely screwed. I'm like, all right, well, just trying to get the computer up and running. Now we're on, it is Monday. And my God, I think I've got it going. So, but here's the deal. Um... Yeah, this didn't go exactly as I thought it would go. So I'm doing a little bit of opening to kind of s- explain why there's a little bit of delay. Of why, hey, why don't you have this freaking episode out here? Well, I don't because this dumbass computer decided to not work. So, uh, wow. So anyways, so this is a fun little um, solo. Seems like a lot of these are maybe going to be a little more solo but i'm getting better at this i feel like i'm getting better so that's all i can do is try to get a little bit better i feel like i'm a little um i'm better when i have someone else to kind of riff with whereas i'm talking i know i like i gotta keep talking rush limbaugh makes this shit look easy so just saying it's not as easy as it looks you gotta keep talking so uh, yeah, this was a fun little podcast. It's about, um, I get a little political, so just a fair warning to everyone. You don't like politics? 
I think you should still listen. Because maybe you're, uh, you're running around on Facebook going, I know everything. And maybe you don't. <laughs> so, so maybe you don't. And maybe I don't. But I'm willing. I'm, I'm open to the opportunity. I'm open to the possibility that I'm, I'm wrong on politics. And I think that's how most people should view their politics is that there is, I don't know the exact percentage that you're possibly wrong. So I'm going to, I was going to let that keep going, but yeah, there's a possibility that you're almost wrong on everything that you're talking about. So, and then you hear someone else talk and you let them talk. You've heard that type of thing. See, the problem which most arguments that I get into is I know the rebuttals. It's kind of like cells, you know, like cells when I've, I remember years back when I was actually in cells is I, I wanted to know all objections, like all the objections that someone could possibly hit me with. I wanted to know them. So if I already know before they even say what the answer is, you know, Hey, uh, I can't, buy this because of blah i've already i already know what you're gonna say so i already have an answer for you so when i hear some of these arguments that i have as in far as politics i just go i've heard that one you know like oh you want to be a libertarian what about the roads i've already got a i've already got a reply for that dummy get better be better be better so yeah i mean Politics can be kind of a draining force in most people. I kind of see it as a little bit more of a sports um, aspect to it. So I don't take it too seriously. I might think you're a little dumb, but I also will be like, I get why you're, I get why you're saying the type of things that you're saying. I mean, I get it. You're wrong, but it's okay. I mean, I get it. You know, if you don't know where your uh, your the enemy is coming from, you'll never be able to to argue with them. If you're just like, I can't believe all, you know, how did Trump, how did this happen? If you don't know, man, probably need to figure that out first. Not just a bunch of not a, not just a bunch of people that are just uh, they just want to be a bu- bunch of racist people. They just want to be racist. Well, that's a pretty lazy argument. I think you probably need to look that one up a little bit. So, um. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to an attempt to uh to get this put together. I had to reload GarageBand. Um I can't remember what I also talked about. I talked about the pharmacist in this podcast, which uh go go watch the pharmacist, I guess if you want to. I mean, as I I think I said in there, I think the pharmacist like the first part, I think whenever the murder thing was going on and I was, you know, he's he, the the dad and I, I didn't mean to sound like I didn't have any sympathy for the man but the problem you know besides his son being shot and killed and being murdered all alone he's still a psycho and it's okay like even his like his family were like you know you watch the documentary and they're all like dude like leave us alone about this we get it we we cared that our son died or whatever too, but geez, we take a break every now and then. Like this guy was relentless. And I mean psycho in the best possible way <laughs> is all I can say. But um, yeah, just uh, give this one an open mind and think maybe, 
do we need to like do do a bunch of stuff for opioids and all this other you know are are our efforts really helping or are we really actually hurting the effort to kind of save people's lives or we're probably you know i don't know just the food for thought you know don't go in there just go no you're stupid you stupid brad ah you know have a little open mind so all right this is about a 10 minute open well and i think that's all i talked about so uh Real good numbers on the last uh, uh, podcast, um, I guess. And then no one told me that I sucked, so I guess, um, I don't know. And hopefully we'll have Sam Gannon on soon. Uh, should have a few more other guests here soon enough. Um, possibly get Jacob back in studio. I don't know, man. He's nice and busy right now, so the odds of that are pretty slim. And, um you know, last time I tried to get him on, I uh, didn't even record it. So I think he's almost a little gun shy on that too. So, all right, well let's uh, let's start it back up, and you know, Connie's gonna play us back in. All right, so have a good one. Enjoy. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I spent that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. To whom much is given, much is tested. Get arrested, guess until he get the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. And welcome to the morning edition of another dumb podcast. My voice sounds nice and sexy for everybody. It sounds like me. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we're here to do a nice morning one. I was going to do one last night, but I was tired. So we're going to be sipping coffee and talking some stuff. I'm going to I want to put a big um, I want to put a big disclaimer on this episode. Because this one's going to be a political podcast right here. Now, some might say, oh, I don't like politics. It's boring. I don't uh, listen. Well, <coughs> let's try to make this one fun. Because I think there is some fun stuff in it. You know, um, in the past years, I've always had my my foot in politics. You know, when I got out of high school, that was when... You know, the election was starting to ramp up for Obama and stuff like that. So that's when I got kind of, okay, I'm in, I'm in politics. I want to know what's going on. And then I believe, when did it, I feel like there was a time where I was like, man, screw all this. And I really wasn't truly into it at all. And. I was kind of like, ah, I don't really want to. I don't really want to get into that at all. Um, but I jumped right back in. I would say around 2014. So there was kind of like a, I would say there's probably maybe two, three years where I was kind of like, I don't care what's going on, whatever. You know, sure. But it was, it was, I was really wanting to get in, I was getting into sports and I was really into sports and I was into, you know, footballs. I was trying to learn football, I was trying to learn hockey, I was trying to learn baseball, MMA and all this. And then I was like, you know what, 
I hate to say this, but none of this matters. And I'm not saying I don't enjoy it still. I'm not saying I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. But it doesn't matter. In the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter. And so I was like, well, this quote-unquote politics stuff really does matter. And if, like, let's say I have a conversation and we're talking about the Cowboys. And let's say I'm a little wrong about, you know, who the best quarterback is. You know, was it Staubach or Troyman or was it, was Romo actually that good? Is Dak really that good right now? Does that really matter? No. It doesn't matter. But when someone brings up something political of some sort or anything about the economy or trade or anything about uh, name your uh, political opinion and let's say you get that wrong. I think you kind of look like a friggin' idiot. And it's about something that's potentially important. You know, some will disagree on the, on the significance of these things. And that's, that's an opinion, and I think it's a valid one. But, you know, what are the odds? Okay, um... And, wow, that's pretty interesting. Let's see what this has looked like. So, last week was Super Tuesday. Now, even just last week, we had they had the South Carolina. So, I'm going to talk about the Democratic, <laughs> the Democratic primary for the presidency. Um, and why I'm going to talk about that is just because, um, hold on. I got a computer. I wanted to start the podcast and then I had to restart the computer. And now this computer sucks. But I'm trying to look at forecasts. But regardless, uh, so South Carolina came in. It was, it was, you know, let's talk, let's kind of back up a little bit. So the way this election has been going, uh, Bernie has been surging as this pretty much the front runner for quite a while. And, and it's, you know, yeah, he's been, he's very popular and he has support and he has monetary support, but, you know, I was kind of looking, you know, you saw Iowa, that was close, um, split it with Buttigieg, he beat him and, um, Vermont, New Hampshire, and you're kind of looking at this trend here. You're like, you know what, Bernie's not, Bernie's not really running away with this. And the reason is, here's the real reason. So usually Iowa, you definitively see who's at least at least the top two, top three. Well. It was all jumbled. Uh, I would love to pull up anything right now, but I can't pull up anything. So um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll it. But everything was 
was kind of jumbled and nobody was dropped no one dropped out okay new hampshire came i think um did anyone drop out i'm trying to think everyone seemed to drop out around uh um south carolina so south carolina um okay let's uh, i've actually been able to pull this up so iowa came through and it was really jumbled up um yeah everyone was so 26 percent, 26 percent uh for pete and bernie elizabeth right there at 18 joe at 15 uh so really bad showing for for joe biden there he was in fourth place in iowa which uh to, you know the way it'd been usually is if you win Iowa, you have a really good chance of getting the can getting the uh, the nomination. The problem is, is like you're looking at Pete and you're like, okay, Pete won, but he's like polling nationally at like ten percent, like really, really bad. Like he's he's not nationally, you know, he has bad, you know, okay. During this, during these election things, it is very strange that this is like the one time we're able to just um, blanket talk about race, gender, and all this stuff, and be like, "Well, the black males really like da 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 da," and it really makes me uncomfortable. The entire I see the the, the black support over here, and, and it's just like, let's just you know. I know that's what they're doing, but it all feels very strange to me still. But Pete has really, really bad um, black support because he had some stuff in uh, in Indiana because he or in his in South Bend there were some racial tensions, and he had fired like the first black uh, police chief and stuff like that. It was whatever. I mean, yeah, sure, he's racist. I don't know. <laughs> So Iowa went, came and went, and that was really, that was kind of fuckery. You know, they had basically, the whole thing with Iowa, Iowa has like very little delegates. And, um, yeah, it has very little delegates, but it's really the press. And they, they bungled up the vote and jacked it up. So no one really benefited. No one really screwed up, you know, like. Even Biden's like, well, I came in fourth, but at least, you know, you know, nobody else got really pulled ahead. And this is the game right here. They see that it's Bernie and they're like freaking out. Don't get it twisted. Democrats as the establishment do not want Bernie Sanders as the nominee. Number one, they'll let these little young kids scream and yell about, you know, all this stuff about socialism and stuff like that they don't want socialism they really don't for anything that i you know i think the democratic establishment is evil and stupid and and they want as much control as possible they know socialism isn't going to work because it actually does affect their their bottom line because they know that well, we're going to be a poor country because of this. And they just know. I mean, they, they're they smart. They're not stupid. 
Okay, they're evil, but they're not stupid. Okay, there's a very big difference. So in New Hampshire, Bernie wins. This is one of Biden's worst ones. He even fell behind Klobuchar, and he was in fifth place. I mean, again, New Hampshire. These are big states. And Biden is losing. Like, we don't even understand how. So, let's go to the next one. Nevada comes up. And Bernie kicks everyone's ass. And then it is full on, you know, everyone's kind of freaking out at this point. You know, Joe Biden's at, you know, Bernie's at 46%. Joe Biden's at 20 Everyone else's, um, you know, the viability. I don't even know why Pete's viable when it's 14%, but he got three delegates. You know, Elizabeth Warren was at 9%. You know, everyone else is just taking in, you know, in the rear there. <coughs> so, and what day did trying to think when did they actually pull out it was before yeah it was it was right before super tuesday um that they all pulled out um but we'll get the we'll get to super tuesday in a second but south carolina let's let's back up so now south carolina comes around <coughs> and joe biden pulls off an incredible um a credible win in South Carolina. All to the help of, um, his name is Clyburn? That's a senator, right? Or I'm pretty stupid right now. Uh, anyways, he had, a, he had another politician. Big, big time black. Um, man, I'm blanking on this guy's name. S- this sounds stupid. Senator... Clyburn, Jim Clyburn, yes, and he no, he's a U.S. representative. Nah, see, I'm not the only stupid one who does that. But he's a South Carolina U.S. representative. Apparently, has a lot of real lot of a uh, uh, pool around there. Because whenever he endorsed Joe Biden, it was it. Joe Biden was going to win, and he was going to win handedly. So. Um, Joe Biden wins that one. Then everybody starts basically circling the wagons. And everyone's freaking out. Okay. Um, So everyone's kind of freaking out. Then (coughs) Joe Biden, I'm sorry, uh, Pete Buttigieg is the first one to drop out. They're saying, yes, he's, he's... taking you know he's uh it was, it was kind of kind of shocking at the time but also not shocking because it was looking like he's definitely not going to win other than iowa he's been and a little bit of new hampshire he's performing terribly so he drops out uh there was this phone call that was that was reported um and He's basically, they're trying to coordinate. We see what's going on here. Okay. A lot of this was to pull the votes away from Bernie. Okay. You know, 
again, why was there, why was there so little people, so many people, uh, so little candidates in 2016 because they wanted Hillary to win, you know, they wanted her to win the nomination. Everyone heard that, they got the directive, and they said, this is Hillary's year, everyone take take some time off, you got a lot of young candidates, but right now this is Hillary's year, and no one else is to run, really, nobody of substance, you know, you can let Lincoln Chafee go out there and, you know, spout his dumb shit, but... And then Bernie's like, well, I did not get the memo. I'm an independent, so I'm not even a Democrat. And and he had so much more uh, favorability, you know, like with younger crowds. And, you know, he was a non-establishment, but he kind of is. And But regardless, um, but yeah, the establishment doesn't want a, a guy like Bernie so they they stacked against they stacked the uh the deck against him in the 2016 election and now fast forward to this election everyone ran cuz they want to be they want to be Trump so they're throwing everything up against the wall like ah we'll even do Bernie again even though we're if it gets close we're probably just going to break it against him you know they're pushing Joe Joe Biden's dead body up there he can literally not put a sentence together. Um, he's he looks a hundred and five. Um, his his face has been pulled back as far as it can. You know he's. It's been actually kind of sad. Like, out of all politicians. Now don't get me don't get it right don't get it uh, twisted. Joe Biden is corrupt as can be. Okay. He's been there for years. He's he does shady shit. But like comparable, he's not not like the worst person ever, I guess. Still pretty corrupt, but I mean that's what the system is. I mean, you gotta work within the system or you you get nothing done. And he you know, he can justify a lot of the things that he's done that oh I'm just trying to help people, you know. Yes, I have to take these, you know, these this Wall Street money and all uh, you know, I have to talk to you know these um, uh, defense contractors and and vote for all the wars. I get it, but I'm trying to do other things here. Um, he can justify it still, and and sleep at night. Um, so, anyways, uh, so they're throwing everything out. You know, in, in this you know Mayor Mayor Pete thing has been really weird he's just kind of come out of nowhere no one even knew who he was it was kind of a uh that was their obama push but um no one liked pete at all you know he's just he's kind of a rat um something's up with him he's probably a He's probably a CIA operative, you know. Yeah, it's weird, you know. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, she looks like an angry, angry woman, and that's what the stories that came out about her. It's not being sexist. Like, she would throw shit, and yeah, I mean, like, 
she's probably insane and very i don't know she's not very likable is that what it is yeah she's you know sorry she's just not likable and she's a total you know she's a centrist you know you know she's just there's nothing that big of a deal with her yeah, so that's Amy Klobuchar. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to go down all the list, but, you know, you get the point. You know, they threw everything up against the wall, and they said, let's see what happens. And, you know, you know, in their minds, they were like, anybody's better than Trump. Anybody. Except Bernie. We're definitely not doing Bernie. We'll let him play around, and, you know, he can make some money, and maybe he can get a fourth house. You know, but, no, we're not letting him win. So... After South Carolina, Bernie um, Biden, real big win, real big big win. Uh, so Buttigieg comes out, supports, uh, endorses. You know, he drops out of the race, endorses Biden. Then Klobuchar, she, the same day, comes out and endorses Biden. And my spidey sense went up, and I'm like, up oh, here we go. Why did they do it the same day? The same day. And and as you look at like, so this has really been for the last few days, you know, uh, last month or so. This has been a five-man race, sort of. And it's been between the moderates and progressives. The moderate and progressive, you know, this is, we don't have you. uh we don't have a full, a full united front on the Democratic side. It's very split. It's very divided. And sort of divided. Because I actually believe that there's actually more moderate Democrats out there than there are these woke progressives. Um, so it's Klobuchar, uh, Buttigieg, and... Uh, Biden are the moderate votes. Then you have the progressive votes, which is Biden, uh, not, not Biden, Bernie. Uh, see, I'm talking about like Biden over here. Uh, Bernie and Warren. And you're always like, man, what's Warren staying in there? I'm going to get to Warren here in a second. So they drop out. So basically all the support from Klobuchar and uh, Pete, they go into the hat for, for Biden. Now, I don't know what this is. I think um I think Democrats uh, I'm not saying that they are um I would say a majority of Democrats waited to the last minute. Be- and not because I was making jokes that they kind of procrastinate, but they have to see what's going on. You know, if you know, you can't vote early vote on the primary, you know, 2 weeks when uh, so much so much can change in a few days. With this primary, so here in Texas, the primary uh, they had a Republican line and a Democrat line, which is kind of stupid. Just send them all in one line, like they all do the same thing. And when I voted, they asked if you're Republican or Democrat. You're voting in the primary. I said I was voting the Republican one, and they just let me be in a booth. There was no separate booths, but that's different in some areas. It's it's dependent on the uh uh basically there's like a the election committee in that area of how they're going to do the voting. 
So a lot of Democrats waited and then then they saw, okay, well, after all this happened, you know, and one night, this is this is Monday night, so they do a big rally, there's Klobuchar, there's Buttigieg, and then there's Beto O'Rourke comes out, you know, and that really, I know that sounds stupid, and he was a f- the most failed uh, candidate ever, I mean, they were pushing this guy, and he was just so, like, a maniac, you know, wanting to, yeah, I'm going to take, damn right, I'm going to take your guns, okay, dick, well, Biden, and we'll see how that works out for him, but that's a that's another, I mean, uh, Beto is very popular here in Texas, so that was a big endorsement, and, you know, I mean, I can admit that, it's fine, I mean, it's no doubt Beto's a complete joke, but it's still a big endorsement on that side, they're freaking idiots, <laughs> so, um, so election day comes. So the first ones that are coming out. Um, so we have. This is all that day. So Virginia came out. It was for Biden. Vermont. Duh. It's for Bernie. Uh, then Utah. Bernie. Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. Uh, then the big one came. You know. Uh, Tennessee. Biden won. And by. Looks like. A little less than 20. You know. Less than 20%. I'm going to sneeze. Uh, allergies are bitch. Anyways, um, so then Oklahoma, and, and I'm not even going to talk about Warren because she was utterly, there's nothing about her. She didn't even win her damn home state. So Oklahoma, Biden won Oklahoma. Okay, Steve keeps rolling on. North Carolina come in, comes in. Biden. Holy crap. Okay. Minnesota. Biden. And then I, whenever I saw Minnesota, everyone looked at Texas. and was like, whoa, I can't believe, you know, spoiler alert, Biden won Texas. But, and then Biden just kept winning them all. Massachusetts. Uh, who won Maine? They gave it to Biden. Okay. And then, you know, Bernie won Colorado. Woohoo. Um, and Bernie also won um California but again the way the delegates I mean, like you got to win California and he he got 40 more delegates than Biden so whoop de doo um Arkansas Biden won Alabama Biden won he won all the southern states but then he went, then everyone kind of freaked out and they were like oh shit Biden won Texas so now, as the let me see how it all is. Now we're gonna go to all. Oh, I can't find that. Let's go to the original one. There it is. Nope, that's not it. Yeah, primary results. So, anyway, so big night for Biden. Holy shit, Biden! I didn't know you had it in you, kid. So, um. So yeah, Biden wins and whoop de doo, you know, it's pretty crazy, you know. But it wasn't it was a concerted effort. I mean, this is the plan all along. I know Biden's over there shitting his pants, he can't talk. I mean, he's literally just 
we're we're watching a man in senility right now and they're like whatever man it's it's better than uh, socialist bernie we're not doing it you know bernie you know he had talked in a speech where he was you know we've we've been con we've been compared to coronavirus and we've we've been compared to the nazis and yeah i'm like yeah so fucking getting mad like this is supposed to be the guy who's going to start a revolution and start a political revolution and he's over there just going yeah you know bernie uh you know biden is a friend of mine and i uh you know grant you know he congratulated him on a good night and it's like no dude talk about how corrupt he is you know get on their shit you know if you this is a political revolution and you're like well i guess we'll just take four years off you know like come on this is it this is all you got you only got one shot all right and this is what you do so uh, for all my bite all my bernie bro listeners out there Bernie was never your guy. Okay? You've got to have somebody who has balls. Okay? You ever listen to Jimmy Dore? That guy has balls. I disagree with Jimmy Dore on a whole bunch of stuff. We agree on, like, war stuff. You know, we, like, it's not like we like war. We hate the war, but... The anti-war stuff, we we agree on a lot of stuff. He's horrible at, you know, Medicare for all and all the other shit that he wants to do. But that's fine. I can get over that. And he's also a populist, which I can I can get behind there. You're like, yeah, okay. Um, But Jimmy Dore has balls. Bernie is, excuse my French, he's a pussy. And that's just the best way to put it. He is a pussy. And, you know, when you let people on your stage and you go, okay, yes, you can have the bike. It's like, no, like, this is my shit, bitch. Like, fuck off. That's what you need to be like. You know, I'm starting a revolution here. Why don't you get off the stage? This shit's kind of important. But this is the Democrats' problem is kind of people like, well, how did, how did Trump win? It's like, because the base of the Republican Party got tired of the Republican establishment basically stealing elections from guys that they they supported. You know, in 2012, which was a real important year for Republicans, they said, you know, we want um, who, um, well, I mean, I know who I wanted. I wanted the 2000, uh, I wanted Ron Paul. And, you know, hold on, let me, I don't, I don't know why I'm like, I need just Wikipedia up at all times because I totally forget. But, um, all right, come on here. Oh, I didn't know that was actually the delegate tells, but whatever. Anyways, um, you know, as the establishment had told us, you know, like, we need, you know, um, the, told the Republicans, they were like, we want somebody who's going to kick Obama's ass. And we're like, all right, Ron Paul. 
he had a lot of support. Okay, I, I just know seeing here. I mean, obviously it was it was thrusted that you know then they threw Mitt Romney on us. Not on us. I don't know why I keep saying us. Like I'm not, I don't really consider myself a Republican at all. Like I really don't. I fuck these guys. I really don't like them. But this is why everyone was pissed off. They they threw Mitt Romney. Okay, I guess we'll go with Mitt Romney, even though we think there's way better guys than this. But all right, fine, we'll go with Mitt Romney. And Mitt Romney got his ass kicked by Obama because they wanted to go with a nice, safe guy. They didn't want to go with a too radical guy. And this is the parallels between the 2012 uh, primary, Republican primary, and the 2000, uh, the 2020 uh, Democratic primary have a lot of correlations with each other. Where the establishment's trying to kind of fuck everybody up on it. You know, basically... You know, they even had a kind of an Iowa mishap where, you know, basically, basically Ron Paul was pretty much winning that. And they basically kind of fucked him on it. And, you know, they're like, I know Rick Rick Santorum won it. Okay. But just know, you Bernie bros, you're my friends. I like y'all. Some of y'all actually do have balls, unlike your candidate that you have. But they don't like you. The Democrats don't like you. They'll tolerate you because they want your vote. They'll do some woke shit and they'll go, yeah, we'll do Medicare for all in 30 years. Not right now because, number one, it won't work. But, yeah, I mean, they don't like you. They'll never like you. And just understand that. So I'm going to play some audio and I'll get back to the other parts that I wanted to get over. But here's a good clip I wanted to play. Um, It's of Leon Panetta, former CIA director. And this is really a guy who's entrenched in the establishment. So this is really what he thinks of Bernie's and Bernie Bros and blah 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 blah. Much support you. Sorry, it's bad audio too. So Bernie Sanders beat Donald Trump. Well, I think that's the concern. Uh, I have a I have a real concern that uh, you know that Bernie, as a socialist, uh, he's, you know he's he's not even a Democrat for goodness sakes. He's a socialist. Uh, whether or not. Uh, in the end, he can draw the kind of broad support you need in order to beat Trump. I think it's a real question mark. Uh, I think he's, uh, he frankly is more of a divider. And I think the party will be divided uh, if he gets the nomination. Uh, certainly in talking. Okay, well, regardless. But that's Leon Panetta. I mean, this is the, this is, Leon Panetta is, he's entrenched in that little Biden, all that, all those guys. You know, that's who he is. Um, listen to, um, you know, it's another, okay, so let's get to Warren. Uh, I'm going to be this real quick, but so Warren should have dropped out a while ago. Why didn't she drop out? I'm starting to think now she is a like democratic, uh, you know, I think she's like a, what am I trying to say? A democratic operative establishment operative because, why is she still in there? 
she's done next to nothing. She's got a few viable delegates, whatever, but you're talking about, you know, 400 to 40. That difference. What do you think you're going to pull the rest of those delegates out? Ooh, like, where? Okay. Um, But I, I got a... Uh, so the Bernie bros that I know, we love them. What's up, man? Um, you know, what am I trying to say? Um, it actually came up on timeline just recently, but last in 2016, Elizabeth Warren, you know, she wasn't in the race, but she was a real big endorsement. And the way things aligned, it looked like Elizabeth Warren was going to endorse Bernie. They were closer, you know, and then, nope. Elizabeth Warren endorsed endorsed Hillary. And this was a big shock. And Bernie Bros are like, man, fuck this lady. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're just sending the establishment back out there. Okay, well, let's do something different. Let's start this up. And... Yeah, tough one, pal. Like, all right, sorry. And now it's kind of come up again. It's like, why isn't, on a lot of these elections, if Warren would have dropped out, Biden would have, or Bernie would have, man, I hate the hell they're Bernie and Biden and whatever. Um, Bernie would have benefited greatly for her dropping out, but she never did. You know, she never dropped out. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, um wow, that's so crazy. Um ah, this coffee's good. So so Bernie, uh and now I'm looking at the who will win the Democratic primary. This is basically a forecast, blah da da da. It's between Biden at right now, currently, it's at seven Eighty-eight percent. I'm just going to say. I'm going to say seven and eight. But eighty-eight uh, percent. It's going to be Biden, and ten uh, percent. That it's going to be no one, which is going to be basically a brokered, brokered convention, which I predicted. But as this goes on, now that seems much less likely. Bernie Sanders. Now let me look at the percentages from. Is, it, is, that, is there a way to do that? Okay, I guess there's not, but it looks like Bernie was at Nevada was just a little less than 50% chance of getting the nomination. Now, as South Carolina came along, yeah, he had, he had just close to 50% of getting the nomination in this little projection. Well, after Super Tuesday, Sanders is has dipped all the way down to two percent, and it's just, it's just this is just wild. It's just crazy how fast this has changed. I mean, I'm not saying big ups to Biden because it's not Biden. I mean, he's been dragged around like he's you know basically weakened at Bernie's. You know, his wife is just, yeah, yeah, you know, he's, uh, now everyone kind of makes a big deal about that uh, whole thing where he's like, oh, this is my sister. I think they were, like, on the same side. Like, he just got a little confused. 
think this is bigger as you know, it's not as big of a just go go look up recent Biden gaffes. They're hilarious. They go on for ages and they're only gonna get worse as he talks. Like they're literally not gonna let him talk. Um so so yeah, um Elizabeth Warren sucks. And so now she has just dropped out, but she has not endorsed anybody yet. So let me play what are what a Warren supporter and what she thinks of you, Bernie bros. Margaret, what does Elizabeth Warren's exit mean and what did her campaign mean? It used to be that people would say, oh, I would vote for a woman for president, just not this woman. Uh, but there were six this time. Where are all six uh, people you can't vote for? Uh, it seems to me that it's ever more evident that there's a double standard and two steps to to vote for a woman. One is you have to picture something you've never seen before, which is a woman in the Oval Office, and then you have to to, to choose uh, that woman. Uh, you know, uh, on the endorsement thing, you know, Biden doesn't need her endorsement and Bernie doesn't deserve it. Um, he treated her like gum on his shoe much of the time. He never paid any attention to her. He only, he agreed with her when she was agreeing with him. Uh, she had a plan for everything. He had a plan for very little. Um, and she was really the better person to carry the progressive fight, uh, except she was never going to get Bernie bros. Hmm. Uh, Michelle. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. Hey, Bernie bros, I'm telling you, they don't like you. And you'd be like, well, I don't like Trump. All right, bro. Go with the people who friggin' hate you. We at least tolerate you. I mean, we'll deal with you. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a Trump supporter, but still, like, come on. I don't know. Well, I hope they pay attention. Um, I was gonna do this clip about the the whole Bloomberg thing. Oh, I didn't. We didn't even talk about Bloomberg. Ugh. Well, whatever. He won American Samoa. Congratulations. Five hundred million dollars. But this is what I think about Democrats and their math. It, when I read it, read it uh, tonight on social media, it kind of all became clear. Bloomberg spent $500 million on ads, U.S. population $327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American $1 million and have had lunch money left over. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's true. <clears throat> Well, I already said that. I'll be able to repeat it. That is an incredible way of putting it. It's disturbing. It does. It does suggest, you know, what we're talking about here, which is there, there's too much money in politics, um, yeah. and it makes it difficult because what we want in politics. But you see it. As here, here's where I want to shortly address money in politics. This proved money in politics means. Almost nothing. All around. Actually, Bernie had really... Now, Biden had a, a lot of money, but then he had struggled to make money because a lot of people were like, what the hell is going on with with Biden? Uh, but Biden had trouble uh, getting money. And now he's going to get all the money because he's now the favorite. And Bernie was getting a lot of money from individual donors, which is fine. Okay. And then Bloomberg had all the money, and he did horribly. Okay, you, you can have money, and that helps. It helps a little bit. 
but you got to be a good candidate is all that matters. Okay. So regardless, all right, we're going to switch some gears here. Um, uh, uh, and this has nothing to do with anything. And uh, I want to play Trump here. Um, and he has a good play going on here. Just trying to take. Sorry. Well, I think there's no question the establishment, the Democrat establishment, is trying to take it away from Bernie Sanders. There's no question about that in my mind. Now, look, a lot's going to be learned tonight. We'll see how well Biden does. We'll see how well Sanders does. Uh, I would have said two, three days ago, Biden was not looking too good. Now he's looking better. But a lot's going to be known by a certain time tonight. You tell me the time. By, you know, California, we're a little bit, we're a little delayed. So probably by 9 or 10 o'clock tonight, we're going to have some big answers. But, um, and, and Trump's really been pushing this, that, well, they're just trying to steal away from Bernie. And this is smart. This is to send a divide into the Democratic Party to where at least, because a lot of people don't know, a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters, they voted for Trump. They said, screw this broad. I'm not voting for her. Okay? The people don't want to talk about that. But, and now, these Bernie supporters, again, now, either they voted for Trump. Here's the three things. They voted for Trump. They stayed home. Or they grinned and bear it, and they voted for Hillary. I don't know the percentages of who, whoever did that, but that those are the three choices. I would say a lot of them actually stayed home. Um, so this is, uh, this is an interesting play, but I want to, I wanted to play old Shane Gillis. This is just going to be a good ender for this entire political part of the uh, podcast, but here we go. Hold on. Stop. Important. I think it's important for our country to admit one thing, like left or right. I think we need to come together and admit that he is funny. <laughs> and then we can go from there, whether that's good or bad. I'm tired of having conversations with people that are like, there's nothing funny about this president. It's like, I don't know. During Hurricane Dorian, he tweeted out, maybe we should nuke it. <laughs> that was a thing. That was a real thing. That happened this year. People, everybody moved on. The president earlier this year was like, we got a big storm coming. You guys want me to fucking blow it up? And everyone was like, no. He's like, all right. Offers on the table. <laughs> but he's... He's funny, and I'm tired of people saying he's not. Like, it's it's crazy. He is funny. It's funny, too, because I do stand-up in New York, so I hear all these comics, like, all the time be like, the president is, like, an actual red or orange piece of shit. It's like, you're lucky he's not next. He would bury you. He's funnier than most comedians. It's a weird time to live. If I was a Democrat, I'd be like begging to get rid of the debates. We need to get rid of because that's how he went. Like he's he's undefeated in debates. He's undefeated in every debate he's been in, and he's never said a fact at one of the debates. He's never never once said a fact. He argues like a fifth grader and he's funny. It's impossible to beat him in a debate. You can hit him with as many facts as you want, and he just goes, no. Like, Holy shit. How did no one prepare for that? You could just say no in the middle of the debate. <laughs> I remember the first debate. He came out, the Republican debate. He just walked out, walked on stage, came right out, was just like, Rand Paul is ugly. 
the whole crowd was just like, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> and Rand Paul was like, what are, we, what are we talking about? He's ugly. And everyone was like, shut the fuck up, Rand Paul. <laughs> God. I've seen that three times and it's still funny. <laughs> Okay, and I do want to end it with this because, well, frankly, you just need to know who your candidate is. So, um, this is this is who we chose. In effect, they said, Joe, I want to start from the front. Jurisprudential culture, home here. Well, I know. You want me to answer the question? Okay. And so I was saying that, and what they turned around and said, Joe Biden said. In effect, they said Joe Biden said that what he was told, what the white supremacists argue, that we have no problem. The, the our, our, our basic English jurisprudential system is not the problem. Now, I'm no doubt this clip started during a conversation, but I feel like we're 26 seconds in. I should have an idea where he's going, but I have no idea where he's going. The problem is those countries like Africa and Asia, those places, they're the reason why we have all these problems. So they turned it around to make it sound like that, and by the way, the title of the article is in the Washington Post, is a deceptively edited video of Joe, of Joe Biden signals what is coming. And that is that a whole bunch of lies. So the generic point I'm making here is that what has happened is that I know we're going to get into whomever the nominee is of the Democratic Party is going to have a plethora of lies told about him or her and misrepresentations. And this went on the Internet, this, mis this edited article. It got retweeted by some press people, and then they realized it was edited to make it look like something not... White supremacists, see, Biden's acknowledging that the problem here is all those folks, those... All, all right, we're a minute 24. Does anybody know what he's talking about? I'm not sure he even knows what he's talking about right now. Those minority folks are the problem. And so, in, in essence. And so, they corrected it. They corrected it. But you're going to see a lot more of it. You're going to see a lot more of not only my statements being taken out of context and lied about or altered or you're going to see whomever the democratic nominee is because that's how this guy operates now whether or not i can win that's that's a good way to stop what <laughs> that's your nominee guys let's see how it goes i'm telling you this is going to be a bloodbath all right well i guess i kind of wanted to um I'm gonna go t one or two ways. I'm I'm gonna go a little over an hour because I just uh, I guess I rambled a little longer than I wanted to. I wanted to play. Th I had two clips. I thought. Um. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, let me. Uh, did I talk about cameo? Have I talked about cameo? Because, um, I, and I'm going to, this is going to be a side, uh, a side, but, uh, I'm going to talk a little about the ticket here. Um, haven't listened to the ticket a lot this week. It's been a little busy, but, um, the spot in the parts that I've listened to were actually pretty funny. Um, let me, 
Probably if either of you guys are on um, which I've trashed Cameo. Hold I probably, on, if either of you guys on. are on Cameo, I okay. That that was Lewis J Gomez. Thank you for joining the show, Lewis. Um, there's been this trend that has been going on now. Cameo's been out for about a year, at least I can remember, at least six months. But it, I can remember hearing of him about a year ago. And Lewis J Gomez was actually the forefront of saying, "Yeah, this thing sucks." Um. And it's just another way for people to make a quick buck or kind of expand their famous scene. I don't know. Uh, expand their fame. But um, so it came out. And, I, you know, I kind of like, um, like I kind of like, I really like Soroy's kind of bit. Like he's trying to hustle and do whatever he can. And I like it that it's a bit. But I still don't like Cameo. And I hope, um, I feel I'm almost like a doctor, whatever her name is, like, give it all back. Like, give all the money back, Soroy. Okay? You don't need it. But I wanted to I wanted to play it because I don't think people really can comprehend Cameo and how all this works. Like, I am I grew up in the day, you know, why today doesn't suck. You know, uh, it's your birthday or whatever. You just send it in. And the guys do it for free, you know, and uh, I believe the fan, got, you know, I, you know, Jeff Cavanaugh's read my birthday on the, on the air on there too. You know, it's like, just do it and for free and be nice to your fans. But here, I, don't yeah. even tell me I trash it all the time. I'm sorry. I have no respect for Cameo or any of its users or people who are on it. I know I have friends that are on it. I say this to their face. Um, you know, Cameo is an evil company that is middlemanning our relationship with our fans. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to say happy birthday to your fans, go fucking say happy birthday to your fans, dude. They're going to buy They're going to buy a T-shirt. They're going to buy a fucking ticket. No, also, no, they're also, they take advantage of this thing that's not real, right? So if you're a fan of Don Jameson, let's say I'm a dude, I'm like, I like Don Jameson. He's great. I want to buy his album. It's awesome. And then your girlfriend's like, oh, he loves Don Jameson. I'm going to go buy him a secret message from Don Jameson. This guy's like, that's some gay shit. Yeah. I don't want a fucking message from some fucking dude. Like, yeah, dude, I like your shit. Don't fucking message me like a fucking weirdo. It's psychotic. Nobody really wants, nobody's buying it for themselves. It's just this not real market that they created. And look, I respect the hustle. It's a little bit of a scam. Um, But I just feel like you're taking advantage of your fan base. And it's not even taking advantage of your fan base. It's taking advantage of like your fan base's friends that don't fucking know any better. Mm-hmm. Um, So I hate it. So apparently a bunch of videos. Okay, and I hopefully that again. I don't want to say I didn't want to say what I thought about cameo. I wanted Louis J to kind of uh, really articulate it the best way. I mean, again, if it's someone's birthday, just say happy birthday. But taking twenty bucks or twenty five, thirty, whatever, you know, that's why. Like uh, they were talking, you know, I guess. Troy Aitman was doing the cameos for like a hundred bucks and it was like, you know that he got bombarded with people who were like, yeah, I'll pay a hundred bucks for a happy birthday. And, and then Troy's like, I don't want to do this all day. Like this sucks. Like, no. So now he's like $600. <laughs> you got to really want it for $600 for a 30 second video, you know? And I remember I saw like, there was all of these comedians that were going out and doing it and, and I'm sure a lot of their agents and, and whoever 
you know, managers were saying, yeah, get on Cameo. It's going to be great exposure, blah, blah, blah. And it sucks. And I remember everyone, you know, these like comedians were going like for 30 or 50 bucks. And Chris D'Elia, a lot of people don't like Chris D'Elia. Um, by the way, I saw him in, in a, um, at the comedy store years ago. And no one killed more than that guy. So funny. So friggin' funny. It's it's almost because he just he can make everyone laugh, so, um, he goes like, all right, I'll do a cameo, thousand dollars, <laughs> like who? So like, no, he's like, I'll go a cameo, but I'll do it for a thousand dollars. So I'm sure he's done probably one cameo, maybe, pulled the money together and he did a cameo, but he'll probably just do it for free. And he'll just say, hey, happy birthday, you know. Like, let's try, you know, let's stop trying to monetize everything. You know, like, let's just do things that are fun and and happening. But uh, other than that, what was this other clip? I might mm-hmm. have done. Be the man. Now, I don't know how Mike Tarico feels about this because he's still getting the oh, money. Oh, oh, I know exactly what this I'm sorry. I'm playing clips. And I'm like, what is this clip? So. There's been this weird thing going on, and I wonder if there is actually some tension. But I believe no one at the ticket wants Norm there anymore. A lot of people are like, why is he still there? Well, anyways, so listening to 3 to 7 or the hard line, uh, they came upon this. Yeah, it was just a random segment. It was talking about like, you know, these announcers and how much money they're getting. But here here's Bob talking about uh Al Michaels and Mike Tarico who's supposed to take over, blah blah blah. Al Michaels funny. But Al Michaels is sort of uh delaying his exit as one might do in his mid seventies from time to time. I don't know. <laughs> and That's great. Sorry. <laughs> and uh and I heard that and I was going, "Oh my god." You know, yeah, everybody's I can tell everybody loves Norm, but they're also like, "Leave. Get out of the way. We believe Mike Soroy should be getting this job." And I wanted to play this clip because I don't know. Like Danny, I guarantee you it's stupid. No, it's... Well, of course, the concept is stupid. Yes, it's a magical, fictional world inside a chocolate factory with midgets running around doing everything. Now, the Johnny Depp version, <laughs> that sucked. Okay. I don't know. I just wanted to play that. <laughs> um, also, um, so quick, before I uh, head out, I was watching... I've been watching this series for like a couple weeks. It's called The Pharmacist. Now, this movie, this show, or whatever, it's not what I think they think it is. Um, I think they think they've really made like this great movie about, you know, um, about the opioid crisis and all this other stuff. But there's all these movies where they make a documentary and they're like trying to it's full on propaganda is is all this is you know they're they're railing against the 
big pharmaceuticals or or against whatever. But what it really, really shows, <laughs> let me see if I can play that. Because I want you to hear this guy's voice, too. Let me see if it's only about a minute. I'm Dan Schneider, and I'm a pharmacist. I can almost remember every piece of my life. I have hundreds of hours from wiretapping phone conversations about what happened to me. Uh, by the way, yeah, this guy's a complete psycho. Okay, I'm not being mean. I'm not, this guy is mentally just, he's a maniac. So Dan Schneider is the, is the main point about this film. I'm going to play the, the thing and we'll, you know, basically his son was uh, going through some, uh, he basically got addicted to heroin or something. And he was going into the Ninth Ward in Louisiana, which is, if you've ever been, to, if you, I'm, I'm sorry, in New Orleans, the Ninth Ward is the, oh my God, why am I on the street? I need to get back to the French quarters. <laughs> like, that's what, that's what the Ninth Ward is. I need to get the hell out of here now. Um, and his son was out there buying some drugs and he got shot. And there's this whole story about who his killer was. And I thought it was kind of insane. It's like, you think you're going to find the killer of in this, like no one talk, you know, this whole thing, but he eventually got the guy convicted, but he was, and he was actually in the documentary. It's kind of crazy. That was, that was kind of the crazier part. But that's really not the main part of this because Dan Schneider, oh, hold on, uh, he, his whole thing was then to fight the opioid crisis and, you know, he's a pharmacist and he had all these people come in and they were getting all these opioids and he's like, what the hell's going on? And My son was murdered, buying crack. You know, he's buying crack, whatever. The police have the attitude that these kids maybe got what they deserved. But I was determined to get the killer off the street. And if the police wasn't going to do it, I was going to do it. At first, my mission was to get justice for my son. But then I started noticing in the drugstore a lot of kids around my son's age coming in with high-powered opiate prescriptions for OxyContin. Word on the street was, it's just heroin and a pill. There was a certain doctor using her license to virtually decimate my community. I couldn't look the other way. There was a rumor that there was a pharmacist making a lot of noise, and that's not good for business. He had questions all the time. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? There were boxes and boxes of materials. All right, Dan, would that be recorded again already? No. The DA and FBI was neither. Okay, and in this, go watch this movie. I mean, or, or documentary. It's kind of, I think it's like five or six episodes. Um, but Dan Schneider who you'll find out is a complete psycho. Um, just like that uh, Can't F with Cats, uh, Can't Fuck with Cats documentary. You're like, what's that about? And they're all like, Macy, stop. Um, you're like, what's that documentary about? Oh, it's about mentally ill pers- mentally ill people finding other mentally ill people uh, that murdered somebody. Yeah, so all the pharmacist was, was basically, hey, um... This is a mentally ill guy who's completely obsessed with he's playing cops and robbers basically. He's he's video he's uh he records not only his conversations with uh 
you know, he records conversations he has with the the witness of his son's murder, uh, the murderer, and with the cops. He's recording him and his wife like crying over their son. I mean, he records everything. Like it's almost insane how much he records. Okay, and then he would um, oh. incompetent. Crazy. I think in cahoots. I just knew that people were making money. If there ever was a smoking gun, that was it. I am being followed. He sounded okay. That part where he's like, "I am being followed." He basically, you know, um, it was kind of funny. He's over here trying to play cops, and the D, you know, uh, this. Okay, so let me back it up. He, <coughs> as he said. There were people coming in there, you know, as his um, getting prescriptions filled for opiates and Oxycontin. And he kept looking and there was this there was this doctor, uh, Dr. Cleggett. And I don't want to ruin too much for anything, but, you know, he was out there basically investigating this whole thing. And he was calling the DEA and all these other He was like, y'all got to do something. Y'all got to do something. And they're like, okay, we're looking into it. And... and <laughs> He's like, uh, they goes to the DEA and like, well, we were going to tell him, but we, we couldn't tell him we were in the investigation. We were there a long time. We were doing what we were supposed to do. It's just the guy was just such a maniac. He's like, you got to do stop this now. And it's like, well, you know, he didn't understand that, you know, to do anything as far as the wills of justice or anything like that. They were, the wills, they move slowly. Crazy. I think they waving a gun at me. Let me God, and hopefully anybody else who hears this, because I'm losing it. But I saw this opiate epidemic in its infancy. I'm not going to let this drug continue to kill. Okay, that is it. Well, watch the movie for yourself. <clears throat> now, in my mental illness... I see everything in a libertarian tent, in a freedom tent, you know. Um, and the way I look at it is, okay, um, so this guy, he goes and he takes down Cleggett. They get they get this doctor lady who is basically running a pill, what they call a pill mill, which is pushing out a bunch of Oxycontin uh, prescriptions. And he... Um, they get her shut down. And then whenever they do that, 60 more Cleggets, quote unquote Cleggets, open up. Six, 60 more pill mills open up. So now it's basically a whack-a-mole. They got one and then more pop up. And so then they go, okay, we've got to go a little further. And now they're starting to prosecute a bunch of doctors. So now... In turn, with them doing all this stuff, um, when you take down... So basically, let's say you started a prescription pill addiction. And then now, the doctors are being clamped down and be like, yeah, we can't give you any more of this shit. And you're like, okay, well, I'm still addicted to opiates. I'm going to die if I don't have any. Okay, what's the next best thing? Oh, heroin. That's great. So you make them go onto the black market and get like heroin, which is like there's some dirty shit going on in heroin. You like you don't know it's not from a pharmaceutical. I mean, this is an honest question. Where would you rather get your opiates from? 
She'd rather get you opiates from, you know, the guy down the street who's selling them out of his car, or would you like to go to the pharmacist where it's been made in a lab and, you know, it seems to be pretty clean? Will it kill you? Probably. Will it kill you over there? Probably. Like, you got to pick your poison here. So in all this effort to do everything, they made things worse. That's all I saw. They made it all worse. So watch the movie for yourself. See what you think. But it was actually an indictment on, like, whenever they try to make things better, they make things worse. Okay. So I'm going to end with, you know, what do I think of opiates? And, uh, you know, number one, legalize marijuana because I think it's actually a a beneficial uh, pain inhibitor, like uh, like trying to manage pain. And pain management is a real thing, okay? There are people who are in constant pain. I'm in constant pain. I don't think I need opioids. You know, it's kind of funny about this. Um, uh, funny about this Oxycontin is the thing is Oxycontin worked. That's what people don't want to talk about. Oxycontin was a 12 hour, like, so you take the pill and it dissolves over time. It just gives you nice, you know, steady, like you don't feel the pain through the 12 hours and you just keep on taking. I'm not saying it's bad or not, but you know, it's better than nothing. Now what people would do is they, they'd crunch that up basically. And then instead of spanning it off in 12 hours, you get it all right at once. And that's bad. You can die from that. But the pill itself was good. Okay. It's just being honest. People, this is a real problem. I'm not saying we all need to buy opioids. I don't think we do. But the pill itself seemed to actually work, and it was good. And there are people out there. Like, I remember watching that Penn and Teller, and this guy had gotten a horrible accident. He was bound in a wheelchair, constant pain, and he needed all the pain pills. And he actually was, he got raided. They were like, why do you have all these pills? He's like, look at me. I'm in a goddamn wheelchair. Okay, so very interesting outlook, you know, and didn't really expect it, but oh well, I think that is it. That's all I got. So play this out, Maestro. Okay, well, I guess I'll just end with most stuff. So, uh, listen to me again. I believe they've been coming out semi regularly. I, I, I was out of town in Chicago, which big up to my Illinois folks. Love it up there. By the way, uh, up north they get the um, they get they get basements right. You know, like basements are awesome, and we need to talk about that more. But in Texas, we can't have basements. So, see so, ya. Yeah, follow me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whoops. Follow me at uh, I am Brad C. 
Follow the Another Dumb Podcast on, on uh, Twitter, Another Dumb Pod. Uh, Anchor FM backslash Another Dumb Podcast. Uh, send your messages, whatever, man. I appreciate like I don't get like a lot of reception like I don't get your episode sucked and I don't get oh your episode's good but there are people listening so I guess no news is good news so I'll just keep pushing these out until people I don't know until I don't want to do it anymore but here we go after this year the price ain't coming down and if you got a joint bubbling to get money now cause in a minute there's gonna be some real trouble coming out just a warning as usual some cats won't heat it the hard Hard-headed, always gotta feel it to believe it A shame the jealous gaze is too short to see it But when they face it the cement, they nod in agreement We can play nice and decent, but dirty like the 7-1 precinct Call it a day and make it a long evening You keep on scheming and give me some more reason I had the women in your mama's church screaming Lord Jesus, harder than y'all cause I'm smarter than y'all I know that deep down it's got to be bothering y'all Pay attention, watch block gon' get larger than y'all Pour your pride on the rocks, make it swallow it all The mathematic problems for y'all, it just get harder to solve Every day that the saga evolved To do or die, stay rumbling and bubbling and hard And when we move, we ain't got no discussion at all East Coast's on your neck and you ain't shrugging at all Try to bully foot and end up stumbling off From Daddy Brooklyn, y'all niggas at the sons of New York Getting spanked when it's too much trouble to talk Respect. Oh no, look at who they let in the back door From Long Beach to Brooklyn they go we rock from the east to west coast Queen salute you baby Step away from the mic, they too cold very contagious rap should be trapped in cages Through stages of whackness, fouls, raps are blazing And it amazes me how you claim thugs But go two ways without Scott tell pages I'm intellectual, pass more essays Than motorcade, police parades, do we sell it? More beef than delays, thus what I vent is just What you lust to vent is eat relay huh. Hallelujah, Pharaoh march do ya Maintain the same frame of mind, screw ya Get the picture, sit your seat, your greet you With scripture, I'm equipped to rip your Pharaoh and Moses, verbal osmosis, coast to coast, we boast to be the most explosive here. Ferocious, the lyrical prognosis, your dosage just leaving you mentally unfocused there. MCs, just come on round, you're the next contestant, so I'll catch a beat down. Don't be hesitant, sound cracks the sediment, it's evident, we medicine for your whole town. Sky's the limit, game's infinite when I'm in it, all windows is in it, seeing me when I'm in it. Rap, we got it on lock, man, stop that. Put that mic back down, boy, drop that. Pharaoh's flows blow shows like Afros We hate y'all though, that's my Nate dog Oh no, niggas ain't scared to hustle It's been seven days, the same clothes Ask them originals, cause they know Fall step, Nate dog, if they roll Step away from the mic, they too cold Won't mic fracture your nose Niggas ain't scared to hustle It's been seven days, the same clothes Ask them originals, cause they know Fall step, Nate dog, if they roll Step away from the mic, they too cold Funk might fracture your nose Oh no, look at who they let in the back door From Long Beach to Brooklyn, they know We rock from the east to west coast Queen salute, if they know Step away from the mic, they too